Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of transcription found under the biochemistry section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a general overview. The process of transcription begins with initiation, which refers to RNA polymerase binding the template DNA strand at the promoter site with the help of transcription factors. Next is elongation. This is where RNA polymerase synthesizes the mRNA strand in the 5' to 3' direction, so it reads the template strand in the 3' to 5' direction. Also remember that eukaryotic RNA polymerases transcribe introns as well as exons. RNA polymerase may be inhibited by alpha-amanitin, the poisoning of which may occur by ingestion of the Amanita phylloides mushroom. Next is termination. In prokaryotes, there are two mechanisms. The row-dependent mechanism refers to the row protein binding the mRNA, which causes the RNA polymerase to fall off. In the row-independent mechanism, the mRNA has a GC-rich segment that naturally forms a hairpin. This also causes the RNA polymerase to fall off. In eukaryotes, transcription continues past the gene and eventually falls off. Some other terminology to remember is mono and polycystronic. Monocystronic refers to mRNA that codes for one protein. Remember that eukaryotes only have monocystronic mRNA. Polycystronic refers to mRNA that codes for more than one protein, an example of which is the bacterial LAC operon. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to transcription, let's walk through some questions to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For the first question, consider the following clinical scenario. E. coli has the ability to regulate its enzymes to break down various sources of energy when available. It prevents waste by use of the LAC operon, which encodes a polycystronic transcript. At a low concentration of glucose and absence of lactose, which of the following occurs? And the answer choices are Choice 1. Increased allolactose levels binds to the repressor. Choice 2. Increased cyclic AMP levels result in binding to the catabolite activator protein. Choice 3. Decreased cyclic AMP levels result in poor binding to the catabolite activator protein. Choice 4. Transcription of the LAC-Z, Y, and A genes increases. Or choice 5. Repressor releases from LAC operator. The best answer to this question is choice 2. Increased cyclic AMP levels result in binding to the catabolite activator protein. At a low concentration of glucose, cyclic AMP levels rise, resulting in cyclic AMP binding to the catabolite activator protein, or CAP. This enhances the activity of RNA polymerase. But since lactose is absent, the repressor is still bound to the LAC operator. The LAC operon allows for E. coli to effectively digest lactose and glucose without wasting extra energy when one is absent. In the presence of glucose, cyclic AMP levels are low. Therefore, cyclic AMP binding to CAP is reduced. At a low concentration of glucose, increased cyclic AMP levels result in binding to CAP, which enhances the activity of RNA polymerase. In the presence of lactose, a metabolite of lactose called allolactose binds to the repressor protein, resulting in a conformational change that removes the repressor from the LAC operator. This allows RNA polymerase to transcribe the LAC genes. In the absence of lactose, the repressor binds tightly to the LAC operator, 
preventing RNA polymerase from transcribing the genes. At a low concentration of glucose and presence of lactose, the repressor is removed from the operator and CAP enhances the activity of RNA polymerase. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choices 1 and 4. Although levels of cyclic AMP would be elevated, resulting in increased RNA polymerase activity, the repressor protein would still be bound to the DNA due to the absence of lactose. Thus, there would be no transcription of the LACZ, Y, and A genes. Choice 3. At a low concentration of glucose, cyclic AMP levels would be increased, not decreased. Choice 5. In the absence of lactose, there would be no allolactose. Therefore, the repressor would still be bound to the operator. For the second question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 55-year-old male presents to the emergency department after he was seen having a seizure. On presentation, he is comatose and very jaundiced despite having no previous medical history and dies shortly thereafter. Over the next several hours, five more patients present to the ER with severe diarrhea, abdominal pain, and bleeding abnormalities. They all recently returned from a several-day camping trip where they slept in the woods and cooked with ingredients they were able to find in the wild. The original patient was also part of this camping trip. Postmortem analysis reveals massive hepatic necrosis. Which of the following activities was most likely inhibited by the cause of this patient's presentation? And the answer choices are Choice 1. Splicing of mRNA Choice 2. Transcription of mRNA Choice 3. Transcription of rRNA Choice 4. Transcription of tRNA Or Choice 5. Translation of mRNA The best answer to this question is choice 2, transcription of mRNA. This case is most consistent with fulminant hepatic failure, secondary to consumption of Amanita phylloides mushrooms, also referred to as death cap. The toxin involved, alpha-amanitin, inhibits RNA polymerase 2, which is responsible for transcription of eukaryotic mRNA. Acute presentation of seizures leading to death in patients with no previous medical history is often characteristic of toxin poisoning. In this case, the severe jaundice, diarrhea, and abdominal pain of affected patients suggested that the toxin may be functioning in the liver. This suspicion is supported by the findings of bleeding abnormalities since the liver is responsible for production of clotting factors and is essentially confirmed by the postmortem finding of massive hepatic necrosis. Causes of fulminant liver failure include halothane, amanitin, valproic acid, and acetaminophen. The preceding history of wild mushroom consumption makes the most likely diagnosis Amanita phylloides poisoning. This mushroom toxin works by inhibition of RNA polymerase II in mammals, leading to severe hepatotoxicity. RNA polymerase II normally functions in the transcription of mRNA. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Splicing is mediated by small nuclear ribonucleoproteins. There are no toxins tested in step 1 that work directly by inhibition of SNRNPs, although antibodies against these complexes are commonly seen in lupus, where they are known as anti-Smith antibodies. Choice 3. Transcription of rRNA is performed by RNA polymerase 1. There are no common toxins that work by inhibiting this enzyme in mammals, though the antibiotic rifampin inhibits the bacterial RNA polymerase. Choice 4. 
Transcription of tRNA is performed by RNA polymerase 3. There are no toxins that need to be known for step 1 that inhibit this enzyme. Choice 5. Translation of mRNA is conducted by the RNA and protein complex known as the ribosome. The ribosome requires many cofactors to assist with initiation, proofreading, and elongation of peptides during translation. Diphtheria toxin functions by inhibiting one of these factors, known as EFTU, and thereby causing cardiotoxicity and neurotoxicity. Finally, a bullet summary. Ingestion of the Amanita phalloides mushroom can result in death due to fulminant hepatic failure from the inhibition of RNA polymerase 2. That's all for this review about transcription. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullet Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 1 podcast.